This episode with Rocky Kramer is brought to you by Coffee Cola, an amazing coffee drink. It's kind of a tonic-infused drink, infused with a coffee taste. It smells like coffee, tastes like coffee, and you can mix it with your favorite bourbon, whiskey, or rye, coffeecolacanada.com for all that. You can order that as well uh, for your your studio in the back, and you can you can host your guests. Also buy an app called Chatter365. It's an amazing messaging app. You can set up your meetings, get in touch with your community. It has anti-trolling software, which means that, you know, Rocky, we have some Rocky relationships in uh, the music industry, and people can't really tell you off. It stops them right there and tells them to rephrase things. And it also has an auto-translate, which means, you know, you're from Norway, and you want to speak Norwegian, right? You can speak Norwegian on your side and in that text, and it'll automatically translate to me in English, and I'll speak with you in English. I'll chat with you in English, and it'll translate to you in Norwegian. Chatter365.com. And my voice cracked there, but hey, we got Rocky Kramer on the show today. How's it going, man? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing awesome, man. And uh, you know what? It's uh, definitely an honor to talk to someone who has such an awesome record out. It's called Firestorm, right? That's right. And uh, you know what? There's a lot of great uh, musicians from Europe. Ingve Malmsteen. Uh, there's a band I interviewed earlier in my career called Evergrave from Sweden. Uh, they're very good as well. So you pick up, you have a, you play Fender exclusively, right? I do, yes. And how many uh, guitars do you own? Oh my God. That is, that question, and people ask me that a lot too. So I have, I mainly play Fender Stratocasters and I have, I, I guess I have four of them now. And I got my first one when I was 14. And uh, the newest one was actually just last year because I got it for the tour. And uh, besides that, I have a Telecaster, which is also Fender. I have a Fender Jazz Bass if you want to include basses. Yeah, I, I play bass. I have I, I have Jazz Basses. I, I also have uh-huh. the uh, the... There's a Mustang bass and there's a Jaguar bass. Yes. And you know like what? them? You know what? The Jaguar had an active pickup in it. It was wicked, mm-hmm. but the Mustang bass, not so much. Uh, the jazz bass, it's good. Um, it has a bit of a punch to it. I have a one, one jazz bass. You know, you know who Getty Lee is, right? From Rush? Of course. I, well, I have Rush. his bass. And uh, I also mm-hmm. have a guy named Marcus Miller, his bass. So yes. they made a, a base for Marcus Miller before, I guess, he went to some other company. But it has an active pickup in it, and it's absolutely amazing. When you turn that that active pickup on, that whole the whole room will rumble because it's so it's so sensitive and, and and really warm feeling as well. So I'm really happy to hear that you play Fender because now we can relate um, in some way, shape, or form because. You know, you go around, you you play other guitars. I love Ibanez. I know Ibanez has great guitars. I know Gibson has great guitars. But then you find that one guitar that's just for you, and it's it has your feel. You make that feel, and and the sound that you love is just for you. Um, can you describe like how you came to playing Fender guitars? Was it your first guitar? Uh, it was not my first guitar, and I think it's it is what, what you uh, just said. Uh, I when I first started playing guitar, I wanted a Gibson Les Paul, and I remember obviously they're you know they're a bit expensive. So I my first guitar was a Les Paul double cut. 
if you know what that is. And if you, for the people who don't know what it is, it it doesn't actually look so much like a Les Paul anymore. And because there's there's double there's double cuts. cuts instead of just the yeah. one edge, right? So uh, that was my first guitar, and that was a very cheap guitar. Then I got an Epiphone Les Paul, uh, like a Black Beauty with the three pickups. Oh yeah, and uh, it's not that it's a bad guitar. I'm not here to talk bad about other companies. It's just that it didn't feel right just yet. So here I was thinking that this is the right guitar for me, and it wasn't. I wanted to try other guitars, so I went to the guitar store, and they have they just had plenty of, of Fender Stratocasters there. I was really into Ingve Malmsteen at the time, so I figured, you know, if Ingve plays it and he play he was playing it in a way that I was interested in playing, I like the neoclassical uh, mixed with metal and all those things. I, th- I thought, you know, I said to myself, let me try this, and what I realized was that it just felt natural, and that's what I want when it comes to a guitar, I want a guitar that makes me forget about playing guitar. It just makes me play music because that's what it's all about. It's, it's about the music. It's not about thinking, okay, here's the 12th fret and here's the 14th fret. And you know, that's it, too much thinking. Like I think when you play guitar, you don't think you play. And the Strat brought that out of me. And uh, uh, I was 14 when I bought my first one and I just didn't even think about buying another guitar until I was 19. So that says a lot about a guitar. It just makes you, you know, it's like, okay, this is it. Forget yeah, about it. Then you play stuff. and you forget about the rest and you end up experimenting with different effects and, and hand techniques instead of uh, exactly. testing different guitars because ultimately it's the player and not the guitar that makes it sound good, right? You can have a guitar. Yeah. Um, obviously, sometimes it doesn't have the tone that you want, uh, but in all aspects... I could have a guitar that I don't even like and play really well and make it sound amazing, but it it only depends if I like it. It's my feel and not anybody else's. And, and so you grew up, it was in Norway. You grew up Norway. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and you have had two parents or that were very influenced with music. And, and I, I think that maybe that's why you became, uh, a, a musician, right? You fell in love with music because you had that influence around you growing up. Um, was guitar always the first instrument you always wanted to play? It, it was the first instrument I wanted to play, but it wasn't the first instrument I played. I, so yeah, I do come from a musical family and unfortunately my mom passed away when I was five and uh, she was a piano teacher. She uh, also sang in a choir. My dad, was a first violinist so he wanted after my mom passed away he wanted his i have a bigger brother so he wanted uh, his uh, kids to play it play an instrument and uh, so that's how i got into the violin and i took violin lessons for years so that's how i learned how to read music that's how i learned how to uh you know learn music and then perform it and just getting used to being on stage and all those things so at a very early age i was used to that then when I started listening to rock and roll, all of a sudden I said, you know, the guitar actually sounds a lot cooler than the violin, even though they do have some similarities. And I think you Vivaldi could put was some like distortion the on that as well, sound. right? So I'm sorry, what? You could have put distortion on the violin as well, but that you know, that, is a that's that's a way to do it. Uh, yeah. I've heard people do it uh, with uh, great success, and I think that uh, it is something that we have talked about doing. 
I just have to find the right song for it because that's a very interesting sound and I don't want to waste it on something that isn't uh, legitimate. You know, it, it needs to be real. It's always so. good to to experiment though. That's the best part about music. You jam with your friends, you jam by yourself. You forget everything that's going on around you, especially now. Right. Um, oh yeah. You can block things out, create new tracks and you can collaborate. Like you and I right now we're talking over uh, a conferencing app, but you can collaborate musically as well. You can send tracks back and I see some bands like lamb of God or whatever they're, they're live streaming performances, but they're all in different places like Goldfinger as well. So it's pretty cool uh, with technology and, and, and studios like the one behind you um, are less visited now, right? There, there's, there's um, yeah. people studios are now at their homes. I spoke with a, a, a girl from a band called hooked like Helen, and now they produce tracks from their home. Um, how do you, how do you compose your, your music? Do you start with a riff or do you bring the riff to the table and then your friends or your bandmates jump in? How does it work? Honestly, I, uh, I'm the, I'm like, I'm a songwriter and I'm kind of, kind of a control freak with the music. I, I start usually, uh, it could be on the guitar. It could be just me hearing something in my head. And then I actually, before anyone gets to hear it, I sit on my computer and I write everything down note by note. And uh, I, I usually start with a program called Guitar Pro because it has a lot of the, the, a lot of little things you can add as a guitar player. It's not the best sounding software, but it does give you the, it's, it's a very basic like beginning, an but you can hear every instrument. Uh, uh, you can't hear any, I, I don't do anything with the vocals yet. I just, but I can add all the instruments. I write every note and that gives me my first demo. Then I usually just kind of sing on top of it or hum on top of it and, and write the lyrics. And then I write, um, uh, I write the lyrics and then I make a demo. And that sort of becomes what I present to my band members or to labels and so on, uh, or label since I, I am signed. So it's just, um, it's it's sort of a process that takes a while. I usually write a lot of songs at the same time and they kind of, there's like 30% of this song, maybe 40% of this one. And then eventually they all come together. And that's usually why they have kind of a concept album feel to them. Uh, even though they're not all concept albums, Firestorm is, uh, but it's just, I just write a lot of music at once and it becomes different songs, but they're all connected in a way. So, I really enjoyed it. You know what? One thing that really stood out to me is the, uh, it still, it still has that vinyl feel to it. You know, when you, you listen to it, the uh, the drums are, are the, it's the words not flat, but it's, uh, they're, they're booming, but they're not like overpowering and it's, it's there. Right. Um, and it has the, um, the guitar tones are great and, and the vocals are awesome. And you also have uh, little voices in between, which is pretty cool. Uh, who yeah. does, who does those? Uh, there's, if you watch the music video for Rockstar, you get kind of an idea of who it is, even though it's better to watch the behind the scenes, uh, the making of Rockstar to see who it is. His name is Brandon Shepard and he's, he's an actor, musician, but he does all these impressions. And uh, it started out with him doing the voice for the teacher for the, for the rock star uh, intro. 
and he that was based on one of his teachers uh, who uh, he th thought had a very distinct personality and uh, he was telling telling us about uh, her and we just thought it was hilarious so we wanted to bring that into the album and uh, after that we just said if you just I mean we uh, we started out with something he was doing at home we just said if you just uh, come up with crazy stuff we're gonna send you some music what will you come up with and he sends back these completely insane stuff um, a lot of stuff we didn't even use we didn't have um, enough room for it it was one of it when he was talking about the shadow men is you know they're coming and and there's all this crazy stuff uh, we had to cut it all down to something that was more um, shorter because we wanted these on tracks between the songs and we wanted them to be about one to two minutes long um, and they're all essentially there's a guitar track maybe with delays or other things and then there's laughter and and rocky where is rocky and all these these crazy things and it's just the uh, it gives you a little break from the music which is the music is very serious and then you got kind of these little crazy parts in between to uh keep your attention <laughs> well i kept my attention for sure so ha ha what's going on during all this time are you obviously are you working on new music a new record uh getting ready to go on a tour eventually i know right now everybody's kind of sedentary but what are your plans going forward? Going forward is it's definitely a little bit hard to say uh, with uh, with extreme detail, but we are definitely making another album. The album is written and ready. It's just a matter of figuring out when we can get together and rehearse for it. We want to record it. Um, we're talking about a few different studios. We want to be in a really good studio and 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 have a really good recording session. But it is obvious that uh, right now it's a little bit difficult i right now i'm just um i'm trying to do something that i can do that i can share with people right away so that's why i've been i've been streaming and i've been making covers uh, of artists that i enjoyed or artists that inspired me growing up and uh, i've been making videos so i can do all that at home all i need is, is, a, is a green screen and and some creativity and uh, it gives me the, the ability to entertain people uh, from home and when they're at home instead of being in front of them. So it's, it's different, but it, uh, I think it's, uh, it's nice. It's a little different. So it's cool. It gives you definitely a, a, an appreciation for the live interaction with people, you know, uh, being out there and playing in front of people. I know a lot, a lot of uh, sports are going on right now they have fake fan noise uh yeah. hopefully it doesn't get to that point but i'd rather watch a, a live stream than that but uh where's the future of music going like wh wh what's it going to be in the next five years wh what do you believe will be the next big trend for music next big trend i think that uh at least in terms of performing i think we're not going to go back to the what we've been used to with everybody's all sweaty together. Um, I think we probably won't see as much of that with festivals and so on. Uh, I think there might be a lot of drive, drive-in concerts or, or some sort of a virtual concerts and stuff. I think probably going to be a lot of VR glasses. Um, but I'm not sure if you're asking about what type of music we're going to hear. That's a, that's um 
that's just futuristic questions, but I'm saying, where do you think the, uh, as per, you know, are people going to be buying music, uh, streaming music? Is it here? Like, we're, how, are, how are people supposed to make money going forward in the music industry in the next five years? What do you think could be the next thing? Well, the, the funny thing is that uh, b- bands have been very much relying on touring and selling merchandise at uh, the venues to survive because people aren't buying albums and they're not spending money on, on hearing your music, but they will spend money on tickets and they will spend money on a t-shirt if they are at your show. Now they're not doing that. So that means we have to come up with other ways of doing it. Um, and that is a challenge. And, and hopefully people appreciate uh, their artists enough to support them in other ways. Uh, as long as the artists are offering something, we are seeing that people are buying vinyl, and that's good. I think I think vinyl has a sound, and it has a there's something about it that makes it special. Firestorm is available on vinyl, and uh, that was something that we did because we uh, we knew that uh, there are there's a big vinyl community that do appreciate. I, I realize it's not on Spotify or Apple Music. It is on it's on Apple Music. It's not on Spotify, but that's yeah. uh there's there's a reason for that. <laughs> it was on Spotify, but we're just yeah. having a little discussion with them. Well, that's so. okay, right? Everybody needs to have a discussion, and it's within within your right to talk about that stuff. I know Spotify goes back and forth, and um, you know, obviously the royalties and this and that. So, um, when you talk about writing music, uh, one person that you'd like to collaborate with in the future, mm. would that be? Who would it be? Would it have to be someone alive, I'm assuming? Well, yeah. uh, well we could like see when, when people say you can collaborate with a person alive or dead, people should really re redirect that question and say, Hey, right. that's gotta be an alive person because you know they, that could happen, right? You can I, I you can, right, I agree with you, you. You could collaborate with Ingvay Malmstein. You never know. Although I That would I be one he, of my answers for sure. I think Ingvay Malmstein in terms of compatibility would be great because I not only was he a big influence, but I I was I wanted to do what he was doing even before I listened to him, uh, because I played a, the violin. I was playing classical music, and then when I started playing guitar, I just automatically was playing it in a more classical way. And so Ingve would uh, would be great. He's Swedish. I'm Norwegian, so we might be able to talk together. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> you know what? And, like I, I I saw Ingve Malmsteen after years of watching him on youtube and listening to his records i went to one of those uh uh was it g3 or whatever not with saturated steve vi nuno bedicourt uh-huh. uh zach wild uh was it that uh a bossy guy from uh what are the pants called but he plays like the eight string guitar um Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For animals, leaders, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy is awesome. Is it, yeah. it Tosin Abasi? That's his name. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's him. And he's, so he's wonderful. Yeah. It was unreal, unreal. And then he was Angvi Malmsteen was the, the headline act, and uh, you know, a lot of his music, a lot of people would say sounds the same, um, but there is a lot of skill that goes into that. His show is unreal. He just sits there and shreds and. And uh, I want to hear uh, Pregios from Hell, which was not played, but uh, he's got right. some great tracks. And you know what? That guy, he's a legend. He, 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 
he has a, a classical feel to his playing. And, and, and if you can replicate it, then all the power to you, man. Like even Dragon Force, I saw Dragon Force live. They were pretty cool, but uh, it wasn't the same as the record. But Yngwie Malmsteen, that guy has it down. Like he is the prime yeah. A gorilla in the jungle, man. Like it's uh, it's going to be an awesome collaboration with you, Rocky, because you guys both have that Norwegian feel and you guys have probably the same uh, education behind you as well. So let's talk about you go- coming to LA. You came to LA to do uh, schooling, right? I came here. I basically, I wanted to go here because I wanted to find people in the music industry. And I realized that as a Norwegian, uh, the easiest way to stay here longer than three months or six months would be uh, with a student visa. So I found a school that, teaches English and I figured there's nothing wrong with that because I might as well try to perfect my, my English. Um, well, sounds uh, pretty good. Uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, might as well try to benefit from everything you can, especially when you first get here. Cause I remember when I first got here, it was a little awkward to communicate in English because that's not how I normally communicate other than when I travel. So it's like, all of a sudden, this is how I talk to people. It's not in the region. So there's a little bit of that getting used to that when I first came here. But uh, so going to school, I learned a few things like, you know, don't say ain't, don't say this, don't say that, you know, um, don't say like between everything, you know, just like you learn little things that uh, maybe even Americans could learn from. So absolutely. It's 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 very, it's very hard to not say like, and I know I do it. I do it uh, here and there, but I try not to. But it's very hard because I learned I learned English from listening to other people, and then a lot of it was just from movies or or reality shows or documentaries, just how people talk. And it's amazing how how many filler words there are in in a sentence when you talk. And I try not to do that because I think it it's just it doesn't need to be there. It's just filler words. Well, well, it's cool that you you know Norwegian and like you can see another language from the outside in. Uh, I'm surprised, honestly, you don't have an accent. Do you have like an accent speaking English, which is pretty cool. Like a lot of people, like my family were, were immigrants, right? And my father and mother and my grandfather and my grandmother, they all have accents. They speak English, but they have the accent, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, it seems like you've done very well for yourself. How do people find you? Uh, you have a website? I do. It's rockykramer.com. And how do people get in touch with you? It's uh, pretty easy. If you go to most of the social medias, it's going to be Rocky Kramer, just one word, uh, except Facebook, which is Rocky Kramer official. Well, we have Rocky Kramer on the show today and, uh, thank you, Rocky. And you know what? Hopefully we see you shredding soon, man. Hell yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you.